Uh, welcome to the Father Seekers Podcast. My name is Pastor Keith, and joining me, as always, on the Father Seekers Podcast is the originator, the creator, and the developer, Pastor Barry Edgman. Pastor Barry, how are you on this fine Wednesday morning? There's a lot of accolades there that I'm not sure I've lived up to yet, but thanks. Well, I'll well, tell you, it's I'll an t- attempt. We're moving forward. It's either you or no one. Yeah, yeah. So let's go with me. Let's move forward. Yep, yep. All right. So we um, we started a three part series last week. Last week we talked about being a prophet, mm-hmm. uh, how that applies to your life, how that applies um, to the grand plan of things. Mm-hmm. And today we're going to be talking about what it means to be a priest. So the mm-hmm. the uh, the the three we're going to be discussing here these last three weeks is is being a prophet, priest, and a king. All right. Mm-hmm. How do you define yourself as a prophet? priest or a king? Are you all three? Are you not all three? Mm. What does being all three look like? What does each element look like? So as we said that last episode, and if you hadn't listened to last episode, you can still listen to this one. Uh, but I would definitely recommend doubling back and going to the previous, the exact previous episode from this episode. Uh, we discussed in detail about the gift of prophecy, what it, what it seemed, what it, what it's like to be a prophet in your family, in your workplace. Uh, yeah. Mm to the people around you in your spiritual journey. Uh, so today we're going to be talking about uh, so today we're the title priest. Now I know you say priest and you um, immediately probably think of, you know, the, the people wearing the collar and the going to be, uh, uh, what was, is it seminary that they go to or seminary? Yeah. Yeah. They, um, I think in general it's seminary and then, um, if you're like super really good, I don't know what I'm talking about here, but I think you get to go to school um, and get to work at the Vatican and yeah. learn some things there and then come and go yeah. wherever, which is like the super cool mm-hmm. part of being a priest. To be a that opportunity, I think they call them privilege. Yeah. Yeah. You got to, you got to put your time in for that. And then um, it's actually a pretty interesting system, like all that they have to learn, but, but we're not really talking about, we don't have to do, we don't have to go to seminary to be yeah, priest in our so home, I guess. If, if you said, to. well, priest, yeah. I'm never, I'm never going to do that. I'm never going to wear the the robe, the collar thing, the celibacy. I'm like, mm-hmm. all that's not going to happen. I'm already married, so I am disqualified. Uh, mm-hmm. That's not, that is a priest, but in this confines, in this construct, uh, that's not what we're talking on. So um, define what a priest is in, in this, uh, in this series. Yeah. You know what, one of the funny things you said about, about a priest not having to wear the the earthly robes and the collars and that would definitely define his identity to definitely say, oh yeah, that guy, like here in our town, we get to see a lot. We get to rub shoulders with different men and women who are priests. Uh, and with one of the colleges here in town, we have, um, priests who teach on council and teach, um, theology and other classes there so we see them in public and we we get to recognize by the attire that they wear but for for a dad there there is a there is an attire that we wear which is is interesting i'm glad you brought it up it's it's um it's not it's not exterior or outside looking attire it's it's what it's what we wear spiritually we're spiritual beings and in this whole prophet priest and king series 
it really focuses on who we are spiritually, but how we sure. live that out before our families. So when we talk about what what do what designates us, what sets us apart as a priest in the home, one of those things is that we understand that we in the home are chief mediators for our families with God. And mediators probably is not a good word, but representatives okay. to God for our families. For example, one of the things that we have a duty for, and I, I didn't learn any of this from my father. So I had to learn on the fly. I had to watch other guys. I had to watch other men who I'll go, oh, that guy, like, that's a good trick he yeah. just did with his kid. That's really good. Yeah. And then you begin to watch or you understand this guy's really good with this. This guy's really good with that. So I'm going to watch and learn. So then you begin this process of learning. So if you don't have a reference point for what a good priest is in the home, then you have to find that. You have to search that out. You have to find guys. But one of the things, I think the chief thing, Keith, is that as as priest of the home, as the one who intercedes is the best word, intercedes for his family and their well-being spiritually, physically, mentally, emotionally, and futuristically, he's the one who, who goes to God and says and prays and prays God's word over his life, his wife's life, and his kids' life, and their future. But he also is an, a, a student of God's word. So when we talk about what does he wear, he wears these different hats of responsibility that maybe nobody sees. Like he may be the guy that wears his favorite college ball cap, but really, he's a guy as priest that wears lots of lots of hats in his um, home. So let's give the listeners like their the definition you gave me when you pitched this series to me and said that this is what you wanted to do. Um, you defined what a prophet was, you defined what a king was, and mm-hmm. you defined what a priest was. Give me the definition that you would say makes a priest of every man. Hmm. That conversation was a long time ago, and I remember part of it, but not all of it, but I can remember the good part. So a priest in the home is one who not only intercedes for his family, but walks alongside his family, leading them in the ways of the Lord, helping them understand as he understands the way that the Lord would lead and as he understands what scripture says and as he understands, and this is a big part that helped me as he understands the work and ministry of Holy spirit in his life. He, even if he doesn't, and this is where, where I'm a big, I'm a big proponent of understanding the work of Holy spirit. A lot of what I didn't know as a dad, I learned this and I found this out by listening to what Holy Spirit said to me or guided me or led me. So when I say there's not a a reference point there, then I begin to see this is how. But back to the definition, when I when I understand that that my responsibility of my family's spiritual health and wellness is most important and that I help them understand and that I pray for God's intervening and interruption and direction and covering and help in their lives, then I'm, I'm walking along them as, as though it were a shepherd, as though I were shepherding them along to God's will and to God's okay, way. Yeah. So I, 
I mean, I hear this a lot from um, from people in the church, uh, and I won't say the gender in particular quite yet. Uh, so mm-hmm. when houses are divided, when one spouse goes to church and the other one does not, mm. um, that is typically the person not going in the experiences I hear are eight times out of 10, the, uh, the wife is going to church and she would love it if her husband came, mm. right? Um, mm. The husband's role, the father's role, the man's role in the house is, uh, f- you set the you set the, the the tone and the temperature of of your of your spiritual growth. That's good, buddy. Right. That's so like, good. Right there, good. It, it's not as if you don't you're not taking advice or you're not taking opinion or you're not asking for uh, ideas from your wife, but the family is really looking at you to set the tone and temperature mm. of your home. Dude, now, when dude. you see, uh, that's a home run right in, there. In, 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 in the experiences I've had here, when you, when you see the wife just going and she longs for the husband to go with her, um, is that longing necessarily? So they share this together or is that longing because she longs for the priest of the house to step up and do the priestly job, which is leading the family spiritually. Um, me and my wife, uh, we discuss everything. We, um, we make decisions mutually. Uh, but I understand that even though it is a 50-50 split with my wife and me, um, if I stop pushing the spiritual growth of my children, my wife can do only so much without me. My children will mm-hmm. suffer. Now, if my wife gave up, and I, you know, I, she, she won't. It's, she, she just won't. She's not that type of person, but... Could I mm. keep the family going spiritually? Yes. Yes, I could. I, I could. Um, my children would suffer from the, from the mom features of that, the nurturing portion of that, the, the loving portion of that. Um, but yeah, I, I believe as, as men, as, 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 as men who yeah. are either fathers or not fathers or husbands or not husbands, men in general... Yeah. It, 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 biblically, the man was the one that just always, like, made the decision spiritually. They led the family spiritually. Yeah, you know, there's there's rogue stories yeah. here and there. You know, especially in uh, when you start reading yeah. in 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 Acts with Paul and the women were strong, strong foundations of the of the of the early church. Um, but for the most part, the man has always been looked at. To be the the spiritual uh, barometer of their household, and and I think somewhere in the last couple hundred years, the men kind of dialed that back, and didn't like they didn't put as much emphasis on such the responsibility and uh, and and role that being the priest in the family is. Mm. You know. Um, You've, you've hit on something here, so let me do this right now. Let me just say that if you have comments or questions, you, need, you, you can contact me at Barry at fatherseekers.org or Keith at fatherseekers.org. Um, so let's jump in to the alligator pool waist deep before we go in chest deep. So here we go. So in God's economy... I'm marking my words in God's economy. 
God has placed the husband head over the home as Christ is head over the church. Many husbands see that as a dictatorship and a controlling factor, a controlling, I reign and rule over you, woman, do what I say. And they would be essentially wrong. They would be 100% in in line for <laughs> thunderbolts and hellfire to rain down on them if a man if a man does that what what the scripture actually says is that that we as husbands should love our wives after 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 the scripture says that husband love your wives as Christ loved the church the husband is head over the wife and then the scripture says and love love your wives as Christ loved the church, which means what did Christ do for the church? He served the church. He helped the church. He gave direction to the church. He loved he them unconditionally. He taught. But but most importantly, and this is what what caveman dudes I call them forget. They forget those five, but then the, this last one they really forget is that he died for them and he suffered for them so that they could be perpetuate and propagate into the future. So when, when, when we see that scripture and I know lots of women because they have been mistreated by their husbands who use this scripture to manipulate and control them. Um, they, the women feel cheated and they feel like, well, well, I, I'm not going to do what he says because He's an ogre. He's the jerk. First uh, Corinthians eleven thirteen. But I want you to understand that the head of every man is Christ. The head of a wife is her husband, and the head of Christ is God. When you put when you put that matrix down, and you begin to live by that, then you go, oh, oh. So I'm in line. I'm 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 in this descending placement where God has put me to love my wife and to re- represent and replicate the actions of Jesus and the actions of heavenly father to my wife and to my kids. I'm that exemplary model. I'm that I'm the guy. I'm the guy. I'm the one. In the same way Ephesians 5:28 says in the same way Husbands should love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. So you you can see real quick, um, again, Ephesians 5.25, husbands love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for it. Bro, there's no ogreship in this whole priest thing. thing. It's a suffering thing. It's a, and not that you have to suffer for your wife or your kids, but you do sometimes you have to there. I can tell you anybody with teenagers would go, Oh yeah, you grieve a lot. You weep a lot. You stress and tear and wear. And that's one of the duties as a priest is to not give up, but to keep pressing in, call that kid's name before God every day. It's selfless. It's, it's sacrificial. You know, you are doing things for the betterment of, your family, you're doing things of the betterment of your church. If you're, in fact, a priest or the head of a church, 
the betterment of the church, betterment mm-hmm. of your small group. When right. you're, when you're being the priest, you are 100% right. selfless. Okay. So, so, so stop with that. So on our Thursday night thing, you're the priest of the group, not the collar, not the robe thing, which that, uh, all respect to those, but you, 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 uh, you shepherd, like, like you said to me the other night, I, I made mention of, in my response time, I made mention of something and you interrupted me and said, why? Because you were interested, you wanted to delve into, you wanted to dig yeah. to see why I was distracted. So that's what priests do. They, they have their hand on the pulse of their family. They under, they know what's coming. Here's the big deal. Here's the big verse that, that everybody, that every, everybody, that, that goofy, wicked, unconnected to Jesus men use for the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is head of the church, his body. And they stop with the husband's head of the wife. They don't read all those other collateral scriptures. So when we talk about being a priest, it's a very, a very important job. And it carries with it a great deal. Not if, if we could understand as priests of our home, that we're actually representing God himself and the work of the Lord Jesus in our homes. and We're mimicking his work in our homes, but we represent God. I promise you, if when, when we come to that re- revelation and we understand that, homes will overnight change. I've heard overnight. a lot of people say, well, um, my, my wife is unappreciative. I work so hard to provide for the family. And these men put their profession, the time they put into their job, which some men I some men I hear talk is sixty hours, seventy hours a week, and they put the value in that though. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we we fight a lot. She's really unappreciative. I work my butt off for that family, mm-hmm. which I which I ask. Mm-hmm. Well, do you, do you love your family? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I work seventy hours a week mm-hmm. for them. And men then equate being the priest. As in being the provider, and it, it, mm-hmm. well, that's key. It's a very small part. Provider's of king. The overall leadership of a man. It's it's actually a, like mm-hmm. I think in society right. today we we put so much emphasis on uh, how much we bring home, the life we can provide for our family. Well, that's all very important. The family when when I hear struggles like this, marital struggles like this. Uh, it's it's because the the wife and the children are desiring something else. They even if you provide for them one hundred percent, they have no care or want in the world. They're not worried about school clothes. They're not worried about food on the table. They're not worried the mortgage getting paid. But yet they still have these confrontations, and it boils down to simply when I when I hear a, a, a guy talk about this, it's well, your your wife wants something else. She's she she while she's provided for financially. Um, she's, she's craving something else. And that is where the priest of the family comes in. Uh, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I've seen married, married couples that, you know, the, they will never get a divorce when they hit that category. You know, the, oh yeah, Mm. they're, they're Mm -hmm. forever. It is divorce. Isn't even a word for these people. Mm. The one thing they have in common is that the ones that are untouchable, the man is giving emotional, spiritual, uh, guidance and is a foundation for that house. They're not. They're they're very present in that regard. 
They know they have a pulse on their family. Mm-hmm. They know that it's not that you have to show yeah. up for every soccer game. You know, it's not that you you got to be in a gigantic house. Well, a lot of people, a lot of people that are untouchable have do these yeah. things, but they're there in yeah. other regards. Yeah. They excel at the mm-hmm. the leading the family spiritually, leading the family emotionally. Look, you you've you've hit on two pretty good things here that are super huge, super big, in that. A lot of women, rightfully so, have concern over, but as well, a lot of a lot of good men, not all men, but a lot of good men struggle and wear wear this this thing a lot as a weight. So if your wife and kids are are if they're if they're one of their love languages is um, quality time and you're working sixty hours a week, then then what we have to recognize first of all is that we can't pick one 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 person who feels more stressed than the other because most good men struggle with being away from home but they also struggle with yeah. I've got, I'm the only provider here or my income is important to our household so I must I must work as much as I can but I know that I know that lots of good men yeah. struggle with how long they work and I know well, lots so, of good men so wrestle that with that it's almost impossible for me to give you a realistic number that I would say 99, right. 99 out of a hundred. <laughs> right. Right. Well, just like the guy, just like one of our guys the other night in, in our life group, he was concerned about his family and he had the opportunity to take a quarter of a million dollar job, he but he's, I don't know if you ever took it or not, but okay. So, but, but his, but his thing was, well, it's going to tap into my family. It's going to do this. Yeah. So bravo, dude. Bravo. But then this this other piece of coming to an understanding in the home that, look, I've got to do this to provide for us, but I know that I'm not here. But we can't keep hammering that guy because he's not here, because he's out providing for them. Now, if he's out fishing or hanging out with the boys or golfing, nothing wrong with fishing or golfing, but family's priority. Then there's the other side of we need you home because you you lead us. You are our spiritual leader. You are our shepherd. We are when you are not here, we feel we feel a, an absence, yeah. and an those, empty space. And, and some some wives like they don't understand that that's what they're craving. They're craving something. And as being as a person that my wife also disciples women as a as a person just looking at the wide picture, being like, well, she mm-hmm. she just mm-hmm. she's asking. In all these words, but not actually asking to be led. She wants a, the leader of the household, spiritual leader of the household, the spiritual priest of the household to do his job. That's what she's craving. And and that's not a barbaric thing to say. That's it's it, it, Biblically, it's been it, it, thousands and thousands of years ago it was written, and, and times haven't really changed. You know, that's, it's, it's again, in this, as a person who's, uh, who I, I think I'm a feminist. Like I, I I I overly respect women. I was raised by a woman. She was very mm-hmm. strong, very smart. Mm-hmm. Um, I in no way, shape, or form think men are better than women. If anything, I think women are light years ahead of us. Um, so when I say these things, it's not like a oh that's a that's a man thing to say. Man should we should be the leader? No, it's that was what we're appointed to do. And it, I see it in I see it in my family too. Like my wife is, she she she's a devout Christian, reads the book. She's mm-hmm. she's definitely the probably, mm-hmm. realistically the better version of me, right? 
Um, but there are times where on prayer, when I pray on things, I'll go to her and say, I don't know. We're, we got to do it like this, though. And you know what she does? She goes, okay. You know, there's not a, well, I don't know. It, it, like, it's like as if our roles that were assigned by God just click in right away. There's no arguing or bantering about it. Mm. When I when I get that overwhelming, mm. no, we need to do this. This is what we need to do. And I become that spiritual priest of the house. She falls in line, you know, and by falling in line, it's like mm-hmm. it, the roles that we were designed to have, we both do. And all of a, and all of a sudden things just click and work. Now, if you're a guy and you're uh, and you're listening to this, odds are you're probably closer to being a solid priest for your family than you aren't, right? Mm-hmm. We're, we're, mm-hmm. we're essentially talking yeah. to people that aren't listening because if they were listening, they would already yeah. be on the trajectory of being a... Yeah. Right, ogre. Yeah, yeah. Like, <clears throat> like um, most, most of the time, and let me go back to this comment to lead into the... A response, you know, with the feminism thing, as I understand it and read it, it's actually, this is my opinion, uh, feminism, I believe, and I'm sure I'm going to get emails. So if you want to contact me, <laughs> send your email to Keith. <laughs> I think feminism dumbs down uh, how God really created women. Because God saw, here's, here's my, my, my thesis. God saw that it was not good for man to be alone. So he created for him mm-hmm. a helpmate, a person that, that complete. And it, as you study that, one of Adam's ribs was taken out and Eve ribs or side. was formed. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. You know, you know where I'm going. So here's the interesting, let's track this backwards. So God ex nihilo spoke and created all that exist, but he didn't create man that way. The scripture says that from the dust of the earth that God spoke into existence, God formed man. So with God's hand, he formed man and with God's hand, he formed woman. But he took part of Adam to make the woman. Therefore, for the man to be complete, and he and she come alongside together, the scripture says, and they become one flesh, meaning that not only do they join together, but they come one in their decision-making, one in their living, one in their agreement, one in their, one in their service to the king. So in Christ... We become one with Christ, but we become one with our spouse, and therefore we three yeah. become one with each other. So I think with the feminism thing, that distracts, because I think feminism, again, is a step down from the way God created women. That's just, if in case you want it, if you don't, Cinderella, throw it well, behind I, you, somebody you else know, may want it. I think it's, it. I it's more defined like for a movement, like women have been treated as second-class citizens for for. Centuries, and that movement is really to say, "Hey, you're you're an equal part here. You should be getting paid the same amount of money. Mm -hmm. You should have Mm -hmm. all the rights that any other man should have." And that and that goes with any Mm -hmm. other uh, Mm -hmm. group of people that have been discriminated upon. So, um, I'm a big advocate of 
you know, when I, when you hear, and it's a, it's a statistic that still rings true. Like a, a woman just gets paid yeah. less for the same job. Like, like that's, that's like, that's just like everything you just said. I, I agree. I agree 100% with what you just said, but, but I would rather, I would rather say why, why corporation are you treating one of right. God's kids less than you are the other one? But the world doesn't talk that way. So the other, the, the other part of that is when we begin, and here's where I'm going with this. This may make a little bit better sense now so that, so that those who are typing emails now will, will hit cancel. God made, made us priests of our homes mm-hmm. to love our wives, to lift them up, to sacrifice, to serve. When the hard decision has to be made, it's made not because I'm in charge, but because I feel like it's the best and because we've discussed it and we've worked together. Somebody's got to call the shot. And then we see in the order of a home as father, son, and husband. As we see that flow and we begin to understand that flow, here's here's where we have to go with that. We have to go. If I'm if I'm priest of my home, if I'm married, my first person that I have to make sure is in good shape and in in, in right standing, not only with me but with God, is my wife. Because we're one. And when we understand and flow as that, then our home is a better place. And I feel like when we when we try to bring the way that the world looks at women into into the Christian home or into the church, I think I think we make less of them. Now I'm not I'm not saying that that women women should be paid all that great. I'm with that. A person should be paid for for their ability to perform and what they're worth and what they can offer to a company, not based on anything else. Agreed. But I think part of the thing in the family is where where we've we've tried to bring in in that the thinking of that movement into the home. And it's caused a little bit of friction and division. When in God's economy, women are a lot as you said, they're side by side. There's there's no and actually, Keith, if you look at the word head in verses that are used, the husband is head of the wife. It's actually meaning that he's the protector and the covering, safe place and for his place. wife because he is under Christ's care and Christ and the care of God himself. So with that, there's no better place for, for a woman to be alongside her husband. But then as they are one, and, and, and the family goes out into the world, then they begin to influence the culture because of, because of the priest of the home and because he's done his job. Yeah, women, women are fierce warriors. They, they are, I mean, they live longer. I think, I think they're smarter. They're a lot smarter. <laughs> um, yeah, so with being, quote, the head of a household doesn't diminish the uh, the importance or value of a woman whatsoever. Look at it like this: if if he is the if the husband is the head, the protector, the safety catch, the the one who stands between the in the gap 
God values the woman because he has placed in front of her a protection, a safety place, so that she is really, she is the one that completes and makes him whole in God's economy. So there's one of the things, too, about about priest uh, in the home is as you begin to function, and you said, alluded to this a, a while ago in the a talk, as priests begin to, to function as priests, and there's five things that, that priests do in the home, but, but as, as they begin to function, there is a relationship dynamic that happens with your wife that and you've alluded to it. it's it's a weird it's, it's a weird relationship it's, like it's, it, it's it, all, and all of a sudden everything makes sense it's like hand in glove kind of thing yeah it's like it's maybe maybe culture today would would have you think that like uh what you're doing is minimizing mm. the wife but no she all of a sudden no falls into a role no. that she was no. built and designed for yes and she flourishes yes and i flourish then yeah yeah but uh like the other night we had a a, a family thing here at work and I was I was sat in the corner and watched the kids and I watched how husbands and wives interacted with each other and I thought you know that's it's pretty good this is all right like yeah. they seem to be on the same page together like it's really cool and to your point I would like to say that it's similar to a hand fitting in a glove mm-hmm. that there you have to have one to have the other right right the glove if you just lay it down it's just going to lay there and do nothing but when you put a hand inside it it's different or Vice versa, when when you have a hand and and it needs protection or whatever uh, from the, the elements, or it needs a, a, a glove to grip or to hold on to, then you 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 are you're strengthened with that. So I don't think it's this separation thing. I think it's this we become one thing. Yeah, I, I at a at any work, and maybe I can make this make sense with with this. If you're like me, guy that's listening. Um, when you're at your your profession and you you have an assigned role, you usually flourish at your assigned role. If you don't know what you're supposed to do at work, it, you can become frustrated. You become mm. disengaged. Mm-hmm. You do not perform nearly at your capabilities. Um, you just kind of be like, well, what am I supposed to do? I don't know what to do. What this is, being the priest of the house, is a, it's telling you what your role is. Mm. It's It's giving you a this is what you have to do. The, and when you're when you're when you have when your role is defined, when you're when you uh, read what you, what you is required of you at this job, then you flourish. Yeah. Then you become the best employee you possibly yeah. can once yeah. you have good quote management. Yeah. If management is good, and in this regard, management would be God and the Word. Mm-hmm. If your management's in, intact, yeah, the rest of you can work. That's good. But you have to do those things, yeah. right? Can so can you be a priest of a household without prayer? Mm, no. Can you? I mean, you. I think it's obvious you can't be a prophet without prayer. No. You know, without that close connection, you can try. You can try to be the priest of your household without prayer being a focal point, without God being a focal point. You can try, but I promise you, um, it's not going to work. Mm. You know, I want to go back to your question you asked just a, a bit ago about do women. Do women hunger and and thirst for a priest in the home? The in, my is, yeah. in my experience, yeah. yes, one hundred percent, yes, yeah, yeah, because that's the way God God made 
us all. He made us that way. And I think to your question about can you pray or can you not pray and be a priest or can you not read God's word and be a prophet? Well, the answer is no, because when you don't do what you said to do the right things, then you begin to operate in your flesh. And then that's when you become an ogre. Mm -hmm. That's when you become a dictator. That's when you become all dried up and hard and hard. Like guys who look here, you know, we're going to beat this drum again, this, this podcast, but whether you like it or not, if you're a dad, a husband, a family man, then you, you function in these three offices, prophet, priest, king. And if you're not functioning properly, as the prophet, you're going to be hardcore, hard-nosed, unforgiving, and unmerciful. None of it will make sense what you're saying, and none of it will line up. No. If you're a priest, you're going to try to do spiritual things and pull off spiritual feats, and your family will suffer, and you will suffer, and you'll be attacked by the enemy. And and we're not the king yet, but just to throw this in, when you try to rule as a king without the power and the, the uh, provision of God— then you're going to do things that will cause you your home. You'll do you'll do risky business that will cost you your family and your home. Yeah. So in summary, uh, God has to be the center of your marriage. Um, I, I I the statistic of divorce is what fifty percent in America right now of all marriages will get a divorce. Mm. Uh, that greatly increases, or I should say, marriage greatly increases when God's at the center of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the divorce rate just plummets when God's at the center of it. Divorce, people people still get divorced in the church, mm-hmm. and that happens. Yeah, but not nearly at the fifty percent rate. Yeah, that that having just being pulled in with all marriages that include God or not would give you the statistic of fifty. Uh, it greatly plummets when God's at the center. Mm-hmm. And why is that? You know, when God's at the center of it. Yeah, God, God. You're you're following lesson. You're following teaching. You're striving to be better. You're actually to take your line of thinking out theoretically, and it's more than theoretically. When when we obey God's word, we are doing what back to the thing of management. We're when we read, understand, and are students of God's word and we pray and seek God's input and his wisdom then we're doing, we're fulfilling the job description to be husband and priest. We're doing the right thing. And then that's where the creator of the universe steps in and says, aha, Keith, Keith needs my mercy and grace here. He needs my wisdom. He needs, he needs Holy spirit to say, walk this way, Mm -hmm. walk, do this, move forward. And then that's when we're under this covering of the Lord Jesus himself and the father where we walk and we do those things. Yeah. Life becomes a lot easier when God's at the center of it. Indeed. It doesn't, it doesn't, things aren't perfect. Um, and in some regards, in some aspects of it, life gets a little harder mm-hmm. spiritually. Yeah. But everything else, like the stuff that you're going through right now, gets a heck of a lot easier mm. when you go to God yeah. with it. Yeah. When if you go to God first with it, God will take care of it. There's one who can and will if he is sought. You just have to seek him. Mm. Now, when you're, we're going to wrap this, the podcast up here Uh, to be the priest of a household. You have to be in the word. Mm. You can, you can, it's like going to, going to, going to work, but never having to learn the job. You know, you you (laughs) might be able to get, you might be able to get a few, 
a few of these things right. You know, even a blind squirrel finds nuts every now and again. But you're not going to nearly fill the the job description. You're not nearly going to check the boxes of what you're required to do at your at your job if you don't know what you're doing. Hmm. Right? So, you got to be in prayer. You have to be in the word. You have to have a connection with God. And in that connection with God, roles will be assigned. Mm-hmm. Lead your wife. Yeah. Lead your wife spiritually. That's not a do as I say because I say. It's not yeah. like that at all. Yeah. Or, and that and the same rule with kids. Right. You, you don't do as I do. No. Just do as I say. That that what, kills a family. When you're living a life in such a manner, they're going to want what you have. Yeah. And and your wife will ask, "Well, how do I get that?" Yeah. You know. Yeah. And if you and if yeah. you're doing this side by side, she's going to yeah. know how, and she's going to sharpen you. You're going to sharpen her. All of a sudden, you guys are good parents. All of a sudden, your marriage is good. All of a sudden, you're good people in your community. And you can bleed that over to your profession because, guys, I know you're listening to this, and mm-hmm. the work matters. Mm-hmm. Your work is a big yes, part of your brain because yeah. we are men. That's structurally built into our DNA mm-hmm. to be providers. And all of it gets better when God's at the center of it. Mm-hmm. All of it gets better. So when we look at being one, we look at becoming the priest. There are five things to do. One, you have to be a person who sees your family and understands. Mm-hmm. Number two, you got to be a person who hears and listens to your family. Mm-hmm. Number three, you got to understand what they're saying, who they are, and why. Number four, you got to respond the way Jesus would. Yep. Number six, lead like Jesus would lead. You put God in the center of all of that, all all five of those become super easy. You, you're present, you listen, you know. God's at the center. He will direct your ways. Yeah. And all of a sudden, you're doing this role that, biblically speaking, since the first man showed up, we were assigned for. Mm-hmm. And, and you can do it. Yeah. It's not impossible. It's good. You know, you can do it. It might take a little practice at first, but I promise you do it, you're going to find that you were well-equipped yeah. to do this. That's true. <laughs> so That's good. thank you for listening to this episode yeah. of the Father Seekers Podcast, uh, episode two of this three-part series, The Prophet, Priest, and the King. Next week, we're going to have uh, our section on the king. Um, so until then, I'm Pastor Keith. For Pastor Barry, we're saying, hey, thanks for listening. Share the podcast if you can so people can just get plugged into the podcast and people can listen to the podcast so we can just keep sharing the word of God to as many people as we possibly can. Thanks for listening. We can't wait to talk with you next week.